a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Y'all, it's good to be in the house again this morning. Certainly praise God for being in the presence this morning. I want to give honor to our, our social pastor, Reverend Carter. Amen. Amen. Give honor to all of you. God's people this morning, amen? Yeah. Usher's on the door, got the deacons in the house. Let's give God praise. Deacon Evans. Yeah. Deacon Evans is in the building this morning, y'all. Live and living color. So we praise God for his healing. He's, he has surgery. He's been out for a few weeks, but he's in the house this morning, amen? Yeah. Now, if anybody can sing that song, show up be good me. I'm sure Deacon Evans can relate to that song. He's been good to me. Amen. Amen. I want to give honor to the first lady this morning. I guess we decided to match colors today, so she got a burgundy on. I got mine on. So it's a burgundy kind of Sunday. Amen. We want to honor our visitors. It looks like everybody's home in the house. So those of you that are viewing by way of Facebook and Zoom, let me say welcome to Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, we, we, we are grateful and honored that you decided, decided to tune in with us this morning. We want to say welcome to our church here at Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church by, by way of our virtual sanctuary. So praise God for your presence this morning. Amen. Amen. So many, so many options out there, y'all. Yeah. I follow a few churches on Facebook, and right around 11 o'clock, my, my phone starts blowing up. Yeah. This church is live. That church is live. Yeah. Church down the street is live. So they got, got a whole lot of options. But we praise God that you decided to tune in with us this morning yeah. by way of our virtual platforms. And we, we don't count it. We don't take it lightly. You could have gone anywhere else, but you, you decided to come here to Little Zion by way of your virtual technology. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's get right into the Word. Right into the Word. We're going to stay in Colossians. We've been in Colossians for the last few weeks. And so we're going to stay there this morning. Colossians chapter 3, verses uh, 1 through 4. 1 through 4. Can y'all hear me okay? Okay, okay. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Would you please stand? It's going to be on the screen as well. We've been dealing with this in Bible study and, and on Sunday mornings also. So we are we're kicking off chapter 3 this week. Chapter 3. It's on the screen. I'm reading from the NIV. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Our key verse this morning is verse 2. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Amen, amen. Repeat after me. My mind is a critical piece of my being. Of my, being. My, mind my mind 
is a critical piece of my being. Amen. I want to preach this morning from this subject. My mind is made up. My mind is made up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to stand behind this sacred podium and to share your sacred, your holy, divine word. So, Heavenly Father, I pray that you will use me right now. Give me the power to preach your word. And God, I pray that you will make the words on these papers come to life. Uh, the words on this iPad that I've typed up, I pray that they will come to life and be meat for your people. And I pray that they will edify all of your people. They would transform our thinking. And God, I pray that most of all, you will be glorified in everything that is said through me today. So God, use me for your glory today. Hide me behind the cross. Let your people see all of you and none of me. And let them hear all of you and none of me. God, I lift this prayer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may be seated if you can, if you will. My mind is made up. What's on your mind this morning? Uh, what, what were you thinking when you walked through the doors this morning? I know you've been dealing with a lot this week. But has it, has it taken your mind? There's an old saying that we used to say, I don't know if you still say it, but they used to say, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. Yeah. The, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. It took me a while to figure out what that really meant. But that statement is important, y'all, because our minds control most of our actions throughout any given day. Here's a good definition. A mind is the element of a person that enables them to be aware of the world and their experiences, to think and to feel. The mind is the faculty of consciousness and thought. That's critical right there. So for us, the mind is in some sense reflected in such occurrences as sensations, our sensations. The mind is uh, reflected in our perceptions of things. The mind is reflected or Utilized in our emotions, in our memory, in our desires, various types of reasonings. The mind is reflected in our motives, the choices we make. The mind is even reflected in our personalities. The mind is also important because it controls our cognitive skills. It, it controls our attention, if you, if, you, if you will. It controls our attention, which, which is the ability to choose and concentrate on things that stimulate us. So for us, the attention is the cognitive process that makes it, that makes it possible to position ourselves toward, toward things that stimulate us and respond to it accordingly. But also, my mind controls how I perceive things. Right. When we talk about perception, it is the ability to capture, process, and actively make sense of the information that I receive. But also, notice this, the mind, I like this, the mind is our database or the hard drive, if you will, for everything I have been through in life. Your mind is your hard drive through every, uh, for everything that you have been through in life. 
Oftentimes, y'all, and this is important when it, when it comes to dealing with people, particularly when people hurt us. We've, I'm sure we've all heard that old advice, you got to forgive and forget. But the reality is, y'all, we have a, we have a, if we be real about it, we have a hard time forgetting the hurt. We have a hard time forgetting betrayal. We have a hard time forgetting disappointment because it stays on our minds. Be real about it. It's, it's hard for us sometimes to let go of things because our minds retain all of our experiences. It is our, our memory, if you will. Let me put it to you like this. When you go shopping for a new computer, I don't know if you bought a new computer lately, or when you go shopping for a new computer or a new cell phone, one of the main questions I always ask is, how much memory does it have? Or on, on the other end, the sales clerk will ask you, how much memory do you need? I bought first lady a phone for her birthday, y'all, and I told a guy, he tried to sell me on a phone with, with, that didn't have a whole lot of memory. I said, nah, we need a little more, little more memory for that than that. Got to save all these pictures and stuff. So we, we need a little bit more memory. So our mind serves as a database or a human hard drive, if you will. Here it is. It, it, it retains information and voluntarily recovers it when needed. I often, sometimes I joke, I say, I got a, I got a bad memory. Or, or I'm too young to be forgetting stuff. A few years ago, I was at Target on Military Highway. Young brother, 40 years old. I went inside, come outside. I had forgot where I parked at. I say, Lord, I'm too young to be forgetting where I parked at. So our mind is a human hard drive, if you will. But not only that, our mind serves, it controls our reasoning, y'all. It, it, the reason it makes it possible to relate the information that we perceive with the information that we already have. So, so I said all that to say this morning, the mind is critical. And as that old cliche says, it is a terrible thing to waste. And so I stand this morning to tell you we have to be intentional about what our minds are exposed to or what goes into our minds. That's what the text implies this morning. The, the intentionality of what has access to our minds. Most of the things we do, we do with intention or purpose. Every time you go into your closet, you go into it with the intent of finding a real good outfit or, or a fit. That's what the young folks say nowadays. But you go into your closet, you go with the intention of finding something good to wear for whatever occasion or event that you're trying to, trying to uh, attend that particular day. Intentional, y'all. That's the, that's the same way we have to treat our minds. Intentionally being careful or guarding what goes into our minds. In this first chapter of Colossians, in the first chapter of Colossians, Paul emphasized the gospel's power for emancipation and transformation. Paul tells us that the power, the gospel possesses power to free believers from sin's power and Satan's control. 
He says it, it makes the repentant center, centers as to mature and faithful followers of Christ and witnesses to others. In the second chapter of Colossians, Paul talks about forgiveness and freedom. He focuses on false witnesses and teachers aside. He, fo he focuses on forgiveness of sin that only comes through God's gift of salvation, his son, Jesus Christ. Yeah, right. And so we've been dealing with this false teaching for a couple of weeks. Paul emphasizes that the practices or the philosophies urged by false teachers had no real value in curbing the indulgence of the fleshly desires. Paul says instead the remedy for sinful or fleshly desires is to be found in a believer's experience of spiritual union with Christ. Thus the Christian life, as Paul notes, is about a basic newness in which the believer puts their focus on Christ and the life he makes possible. All right. And as we noticed last week, Paul, he's, a, he's attacking this false teaching head on. These false teachers, as we found out, they, they said that Jesus Christ could not have had a human body. They denied the fact that God was born into the world. They, they believed that Jesus was merely a spirit being who only appeared to be real. Paul, Paul says these false teachers tried to teach that Jesus was not the creator. False teachers want us to learn or understand that, that Jesus was not God in a human flesh. So what does this all mean for us today? What does this text mean for us today? In essence, y'all, throughout this whole letter, if we really get down into the root of it, Paul emphasizes the need for spiritual growth. And I come to argue this morning, if you don't control what goes into your mind, you may stunt your spiritual growth. All right, all right. This is what Paul is trying to tell us this morning. He says in Colossians 2, verses 6 to 8, So then... Just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthening the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thank thankfulness. Then he says, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. We have, to, we have to go on and live our lives and grow in the things of the Lord. We have to be rooted and built up on Him or in Him. We have to strengthen our faith as we've been taught. And we should always be thankful to God for everything. Yeah. While the song says, every time I turn around, He keeps on blessing me. So what does the mind have to do with anything? As I said earlier, it is a critical piece of our being. Mm -hmm. Paul, Paul issues a mandate for us, y'all. Mm -hmm. Control your mind. Guard your mind. Yeah. That takes on two different meanings for us today. Right. One of the ways we can carry out this mandate that Paul issues is, number one, we must have a kingdom-focused heart. Yeah. Right. A kingdom-focused heart. My brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you this morning. Keep your heart passionate about Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. All right, right. Not only your mind, but your heart. Your heart is the nucleus of everything that flows through you and out of you. That's why the old proverb says, guard your heart with all diligence because from it flows the issues of life. Paul says in verse 1, since then you have been raised with Christ. 
set your hearts on things or set your hearts on things above. He says, well, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to, if you want to realize spiritual growth, you got to have a kingdom focused heart. NIV says, set your heart. Other versions use this word seek. That's, that's, a, basic, that's a basic principle of the Christian life, y'all. The things above that we are to set our hearts on are defined as where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. In other words, to seek things above or set your heart on things above, that means to desire and aspire to things that center in Christ and reflect a personal connection with him. That's what it really means. We have to desire and aspire to everything and make sure it is, it is centered in Jesus Christ and it reflects our connection or our relationship to him. Amen. Don't get it twisted, though. It, it is not, Paul is not saying that we should withdraw from the world. But rather, we are to view, we are, we are to view the world in the same lens as Jesus Christ would. Paul's not saying we should just totally become antisocial or isolate ourselves from the from the world. That's not really a reality for, for many of us. We still have to go about our lives. But Paul is saying we have to look at things the way Christ looks at everything. We should desire the things of Christ, not the things of the world. Paul suggests that we do not center our lives on the things of the world. In other words, Christ has to be all. Christ has to be your all. It means he is our everything. It means he is our, our whole life. Jesus doesn't just give us life. He is our life. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 21. He says, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. To live is Christ. That means my whole life is Jesus Christ. Christ is our life. That's what Paul means by set your heart on things above. For me to, for to, me to live is Christ. This is why Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I know the world has changed, but Jesus is my life. Same thing we said last time. I know we live in a rapidly changing society and things aren't what they used to be, but I stand today to say that it is okay to still love Jesus. It, it, it is okay to still live Jesus. That's what I'm trying to tell you this morning. That, that's, not some, that's not just some old school religion. It's, it's a present day reality. It, it is Still okay to love Jesus and still okay to live Jesus. Paul said, for to me to live is Christ. So, so when we seek or set our hearts on things above what Christ is, it means a few things. It means our ambitions should be centered in Christ. Our ambitions should be centered 
in Christ. We have a whole lot of ambitions, a whole lot of personal goals, and a whole lot of things on our to-do list or the honey-do list. But perhaps our ambitions should be centered in Christ. Seek the things that which are above. Jesus talks about seeking in the heart. He talks about this in Matthew, Matthew 6, 21, when he's talking about laying up treasures on earth. Jesus goes on to say, for where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. The heart is critical, y'all. Where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. In other words, the things you place your values on. Those are the things where your that's where your ambition will be. But if you place your heart on Christ, on things above, that's the good news. That's what we need to strive to. But then also Matthew 6, he's talk about, he talks about worrying. But he said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In other words, y'all, if you if you seek God first, if we incline our hearts to God, if we embrace this kingdom-focused heart, God will take care of everything else. It seems like to me, if our hearts are set on Christ, then he will take every take care of everything else. It seems like to me, if my heart is on Jesus, if my heart is Focus on the kingdom of God, and then I can sing that old song. Every time I turn around, he keeps on blessing me. That's that's the result of a kingdom-focused heart. Even when I'm not looking for it, every time I turn around, he keeps on. He's showing up. Blesses me. Thank you, Lord. So if my heart is set on Christ, he will take care of everything I need. If my heart is set on him, he will provide all my needs. If my heart is set on him, if I'm seeking him instead of the things of the world, it seems like it seems like I have a sneaky suspicion if my heart is set on him, he won't let me lack for anything. Glory to God, y'all. Seek or set your hearts on things above. devil y'all the devil doesn't care what on earth you may seek but he don't want you seeking the things above Paul spends the first two chapters of this letter addressing some of the things of the world that can be a trap for us those things that, that tend to distract us from Jesus Christ they, 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 they want to distract us from the big picture and so we should always beware of, of some of the teachings of the world amen that's why I love, he says in verse or chapter 2, verse 8, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy. All right, all right. So what we have to be well grounded in Jesus Christ so that we aren't taken away by the things of the world. We have to have a kingdom-focused heart. Amen. Amen. Here's the second thing. I only got two points this morning. Here's the second thing that Paul wants us to know. Number two, you have to elevate your thinking. Elevate your thinking. Beloved, in order for us to truly realize and manifest this, this spiritual growth, living a life in Jesus Christ, we have to elevate our thinking above worldly thinking. That's why it says in verse 2, 
Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. It sounds like a reiteration of verse 1, but there's a little bit of a difference there. When we set our minds on things above, we're talking about this inner disposition or the mindset that lies behind our outward actions. In other words, Jesus ought to be the dominant focus of my thinking, of my attention. Jesus should be the dominant focus of my attention. So the ambitions of my heart are inclined to Christ and the kingdom of God. And then my mind or my mindset are the ways I think which should be Christ focused. The King James Version says, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. So the way to seek God, the way to focus our mind on him is to set our affections. This word affection means attention. Proverbs 23, 7 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. We must keep the focus on Jesus, y'all. We must, we must meditate on it. We must set our mind on it. This is critical, y'all, because there are so many things pulling and tugging on us. I, raise your hand. Y'all, I know you've been through a lot this week. And I, I raise my hand and say, I'm not the only one that's been through so much this week. Y'all, we, we go throughout the week. Everything is pulling on us, tugging on us. I want to encourage you this morning to, to set your attention, set your mind on Jesus Christ. So much pulling and tugging, th things drawing our minds away. So many things going on in the world today that cause us to lose focus. Politics is crazy. COVID going crazy still. Uh, things going crazy on the job. Things crazy in the stores we shop at. Everything is going crazy. It's, and it's pulling on us and tugging on us. But Paul says, set your mind on things above. I want to encourage you this morning to set your mind on Christ and keep trusting in it. Keep trusting in it. You, you can still live your life and at the same time set your mind on Jesus Christ. You can still go about your daily living with a mind set on Jesus Christ. And here is the thing. Going about your business with your mind set on things above. The things, of, the things of Christ means that the things that are happening around you won't steal your joy and won't steal your peace. If you keep your mind set on him, no matter what's happening outside of these doors, it will not take your joy and your peace. The Bible declares, God will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. Set your mind on things above. Amen. Set your mind on things above. Part of the motivation, y'all, for setting our mind on heavenly things is, is Jesus Christ. That's got to be the total motivation. Jesus died for us. He died for our salvation, saved us from our sin. Why can't I set my mind on him? Paul says that, that, that is our, our responsibility. He says here in verse 2 that, or verse 1, that, or sorry, verse 3, that we are hidden with Christ in God. And because our lives are hidden with Christ, that means eternal security for us. 
That means all the tricks and schemes that Satan tries or uses to try and snatch us away won't work. Because we have union with Jesus Christ. Amen. This is why Paul talks about the heart and the mind being set on Jesus. Because if that's not the case, otherwise you'll be snatched away by this cruel world. Amen. The truth of being hidden in Christ means that we have a, an attachment with Jesus who is already at the right hand of God. This, this relationship with Jesus Christ, it should shift our whole way of thinking and our whole way of acting. This relationship with Jesus, when, when my heart is set on the kingdom, when my, when my mind is set on the kingdom of things above, it shifts the way I think and the way I act. Right thinking and right acting. Righteous thinking, right acting. Christ-like thinking, Christ-like acting. Amen? But also look at it this way. When my heart is set on things above, it, it cultivates that relationship with Jesus Christ. When my heart is set, it cultivates a relationship. When my heart, when my mind is set on things above, it regulates my actions to reflect the character of Jesus Christ. Then that means my actions or my the way I'm living, it, it does not necessarily earn me God's favor, but rather my actions are an outward extension of relationship with Jesus that grows from a heart that is set on things above. I like that, y'all. When my heart is on things above, when my mind is on things above, my actions become an outward extension of the relationship that I've cultivated in my heart that is set on things above. So set your mind on things above. Paul reminds us that we have everything we need in Christ Jesus. He is all sufficient. He is the head over all. He is supreme. He is, he is greater than any other power of authority. He has the name above every name. And because of this, we have his spirit within us to equip us and empower us to walk in this freedom and this relationship with our mind set on things above. So when your mind is on things above, you look at things from God's perspective. When, you, when your mind is set on things above, you seek or go after things that God would delight in. Amen? And so we got to do it a couple ways, y'all. We got to make the choice daily. We have to do it daily. We have to seek him daily. We have to incline our heart to him daily. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. Watch this. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Everything you do flows from the heart and your mind. The truth is, we have to do this every day because every day brings a different stroke. Every day brings a different stroke. So it, it, can't, be a, 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 it can't be a seasonal thing. We have to seek God with our heart and our mind daily, y'all. I don't know what tomorrow holds. But, 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 but before I, I step foot out of that house, I need to seek God. But number two, recognize it's bigger than you. This relationship is, is about Jesus Christ. It's about making it to the other side. 
It's about letting God guide us in everything. This is why the proverb says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. In other words, in other words, when I set my heart and my mind on things above, God will show me where to go. He'll show me what to do. He'll tell me what to say. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will or shall make your path straight. If I don't set my heart and my mind on Christ, I'm, I'm charting my own path. And if I'm charting my own path, that thing may have some twists and turns in it. It may get crooked. It may get a little hilly. But when, I, when I'm acknowledging Him, He will make my path straight. That's a result of a heart and a mind set on Him, on things above. Amen? We got to do it daily. We got to recognize it's, it's, it's about God and not about us. But when I set my heart and my mind on Him, it means, number three, I choose to listen to His voice and not Satan. Jesus says in John 8, you will know the truth and the truth will set or make you free. So we have to listen to God's voice. Amen. Understand that God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. But also at the same time, the enemy wants to take you out. The enemy wants to disrupt that plan. So you have to choose to listen to the voice of God and not the lies of the enemy. Amen. Amen. But then the last thing, we got to seek him daily. When we seek him daily, when we, when we uh, incline our heart to him daily, when we set our mind on things above, we should always believe that he is with us. Yes, he, is. Yes, he, is. he is with us. When my mind is right, set to him, when my heart is set to him or things above, there's no doubt that God is with me. Amen. There should be no doubt that God is with you. Listen at this Isaiah. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God or thy God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. When your heart is set on the kingdom, when your mind is set on things above, you should, you should be confident that God is with you. He'll, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. you. You cannot let doubt slip in there. You can't give room for doubt or negativity. Do your best to keep that doubt on your mind. I know it's hard sometimes because sometimes we can't see what God is doing. It causes us to wonder if he really cares about us. If we can't see what he's doing, he, it, it makes us think that if he's even listening to us or hearing us. But don't let that doubt creep in. Always know that God is with you. Keep your heart set on him. And keep your mind stayed on him. Amen. Amen. Even in all of this that's going on in the world, keep your mind set on yeah. things above. I know it's draining. I know it's exhausting. I know, you're, I know you're tired of it. But keep your mind set on things above. Keep your heart. Focus on the kingdom of God. Amen. Believe that God is always with you. Let that always be in your mind. A moment of power.
It's a moment of power with Pastor Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.